Hi, I'm Max Gibson, and you're listening to the second episode of Fairy Visions, my podcast series about the radical fairies of Vermont. Here's a bit of a refresher. The Radical Fairies are a global movement of queer spiritualists. I'd found out about a radical fairy sanctuary in Vermont called Fairy Camp Destiny, which is called Destiny for short. I began talking to the Destiny Fairies about six months ago when I was a student at nearby Dartmouth College. Last time, I started trying to get in touch with the fairies and face some resistance. In this episode, I get over that hurdle and talk to Daisy, a real fairy. So, here we go. Episode 2, Fun and Work. I first found Daisy on YouTube. He had these videos of him walking around Fairy Camp Destiny. it's Daisy Shaver, and it's December the 7th. And I'm really excited to be in the sanctuary today. It's there isn't a cloud. In some of these videos, Daisy was advertising a fundraising campaign for new construction at Destiny. The kitchen's been completed for about five years, and for the last eight years, five to eight fairies have been living at Destiny full time during the spring, summer, and fall. I'm ready to live at Destiny year round, full time. These construction projects for full time housing have been in the works for an aggravatingly long time. You'll hear more about that later. One of these videos had this catchy song about destiny called House on the Hill. We built this house. We cut the wood covered with mud. High on a hill. This is a house. A house. I got in touch with Daisy via email, and he agreed to meet with me to talk about the fairies. I arranged to meet him in a puppet studio in a nearby town. The studio belonged to Gabriel, another fairy, who was also there. It was inside an old factory that's been transformed into a collection of storefronts and artist spaces. The high ceilings and concrete floors and exposed pipes, all of those keep up the old factory feel. The studio itself was kind of like walking into a funhouse. There were masks and puppets everywhere, all things Gabriel had worked on. Daisy was there helping out with Mardi Gras preparations. Gabriel was bringing his giant light-up butterfly puppets down to New Orleans for a nighttime Mardi Gras parade. What are you sewing right now? These are uh, just storage bags Okay. those butterflies. So the butterflies just, they're envelopes to put the butterflies oh, in nice. and travel with them. The parade we're in is a night parade, so they, uh, they light up. The puppets are in backpack frames, so they fly above your head and you're dressed in a caterpillar outfit. <laughs> <laughs> Daisy's been involved with the Vermont Fairies for a long time, and Gabriel is one of the founders of Destiny. So they were veterans. This was good because I had a lot of questions and I was looking for answers. But listening back on this interview, I feel so thick-headed. They had to tag team to get most of the concepts into my head, and even with that, I didn't really understand a lot of what they were trying to say. I began by asking them about something that had confused me in my research. Fairies are a spiritual group, but I couldn't really pin down their beliefs. Many of their practices seemed pagan to me. Paganism, or more specifically neo-paganism, is an umbrella term that's used to describe a group of modern religions. The International Pagan Federation says paganism is, quote, the ancestral religion of the whole of humanity, end quote. But from what I can gather, most modern paganism draws from ancient European traditions. Some pagans worship nature, some worship many gods and goddesses, some worship the goddess, but there's no strict set of beliefs all modern pagans share. 
Wicca and witchcraft fall under this paganism umbrella. Anyway, I started out asking Daisy about this pagan-seeming part of fairydom. I, I can't really figure this out. Are fairies pagan? Are, do, they have, do you guys have like fa pagan practices? I think fairies are pretty ecumenical. Okay. And different communities are different. You know, our community has a lot of witches and mm -hmm. pagans, and so a lot of our, our personal practices are Wiccan, but like, or pagan, but... Um, but there's this idea of magic, right? Or yeah. spirituality, that kind of... Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. we, we consider ourselves a spiritual community. Mm -hmm. Gabriel said the Destiny Fairies are kind of like trickster pagans or sacred clowns. This hushed voice is him. We'll have rituals that end up in, like, singing every disco anthem we know. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> As funny. invocations to the goddess, you know, it's like... Wow. How would you define ritual, then? It's a group of people coming together and creating sacred space. And so does every gathering have ritual time? Usually. Yeah. But then also, like, you know, there's ritual which is like an event or, you know, practice kind of thing, but mm -hmm. then also like at Destiny, you know, we get together each morning at 10, 10 in the morning mm -hmm. and have circle and discuss mm -hmm. the day, plan the day. Yeah. And people often don't consider that a ritual, but mm -hmm. it is. So they do pagan things, but they aren't pagan. And they're ecumenical, which is a term normally applied to collaborations between Christian churches. And disco can be involved too. And ritual is this sacred thing, but it's also this mundane thing. I was just even more confused. Daisy and Gabriel explained Destiny's consensus model to me. This was inspired by the Quakers. All group decisions at Destiny are made by total consensus, meaning everyone has to agree. They sit in a circle and talk it out until they've all made a joint decision. All of us. All of you. It's, it's consensus. It's yeah. consensus. So if one person is really uncomfortable with what we're doing, we don't do it. So these things, consensus and some shared rituals, these things helped me get a picture of the Destiny Fairies and really didn't narrow my definition much. But Daisy told me that within the global fairy movement, even these can vary. Daisy told me about Heart Circle, which is the one tradition most fairies around the world share. Heart Circle is one of the most significant fairy rituals. Everyone gathers in a circle and there's a talisman that gets passed around. The person with the talisman can speak about whatever they want for as long as they want, as long as they're speaking from their own experience. Speaking from the eye is what they call it. I've been told it's as much an exercise in listening as it is in speaking. A shared practice, that was helpful. I wanted to know more about unifying features of fairyhood, so I so, asked again. I'm still kind of confused. I've been reading a lot about it, but like, what, what does it mean to be a fairy? Like, well, you know, is it different for everyone? I think it's different for everyone. Again, like fairies, believe in self-determination. Right. Being a fairy can mean something different to anybody. You know, I'd say like, you know, a fairy would be somebody who likes to go to one of these communities to gatherings. Yeah. Right? I mean, like that might be one way to define a fairy. You know, the sense of community is probably what is hallmark of fairies. But then there's like this queerness also, right? Historically, at least with the, like it's, it was a gay men's movement. And now it's opened up. Yeah, but I mean, I think fairies have often considered themselves not to be typical gay men. Okay. Even yeah. even when it was predominantly men. When you would you say like I am a fairy about yourself? Absolutely. And what does that mean to you when you say that? Well, to me, it just means I'm involved with the fairy community. Okay. Like that's that's the definition for me of being a fairy is just that I'm in this community.
Fairies, Daisy told me, tend to be more tolerant of different kinds of people, more interested in leading a spiritual life. Yes, I knew that already. You could say the same thing about a devout Unitarian. To try to explain the fairies, Daisy told me about the concept of two-spirited people. Harry Hay, who was one of the original fairies, appropriated this from Native American cultures. Two spirits are alternately gendered people seen to embody both masculine and feminine traits. Historically, over 150 Native American tribes have recognized two spirits. In many cases, these tribes have accepted them, and in some cases, they've honored two spirits with spiritual roles. Harry took off with this idea of the two-spirit as a spiritual leader, and the fairies have run with that since then. So, that said, I take what Daisy described as only a fairy tradition and not representative of what any Native American cultures might believe or practice. Anyway, Daisy says he's always known he was a little different because of his feminine presentation, and it's one of the reasons he fits in with the fairies. So do you think of yourself as a two-spirited person? Um... I mean, I, yeah, more or less. I mean, I don't know if I use that term per se, but I, you know, I think I fit the mold. I mean, I've always felt since I was a kid that I'm not all male. Do you think a lot of fairies fit that yeah. two-spirited definition or like yeah. what you just yeah. described? Yeah. Yeah. But it's not a requirement. No. No. I mean, to some people, there's nothing spiritual about fairy culture. You know, really? It's about coming up with a bunch of, you know wild fun people and you know having fun and yeah. getting off and partying and you know yeah. you know being a community isn't necessarily a spiritual process for some people mm -hmm. and is it pretty fun normally when everyone gets together absolutely yeah i mean it's that's what it's about is having fun but then there there's like work to it too if you were to live there full time right absolutely i yeah. mean destiny's very much a work community because we're still developing and building mm -hmm. That's when it started to make some sense to me, this idea of fun. Maybe being a radical fairy is something you do and not something you talk a lot about. But that's not quite right because there's work too. Daisy and Gabriel are unable to specifically define the fairies, and I think part of that comes from this desire to preserve the unlimitedness of the group, to not deflate the magic. And this is a really conceptual task for them, they can say, I'm a fairy, and they don't need to specify what that means. That takes, like, trust or faith or something. Back to the fun thing, though. For an intentional community like Destiny, I think the fun has to be intentional, too. So you can take the fun just as seriously as you take the work. But there seems to be a very disproportionate amount of work. Daisy wants to live full-time on the land, and over the years, he's put in a lot of energy into trying to set up permanent residences at Destiny. That's what a lot of those YouTube videos he had were for, fundraising for building projects. So, Daisy's persevered through hours of decision circles about this new construction, but there hasn't been much progress at all. These next few clips are a little staticky. The fan had kicked on in the studio. I hear, like, maybe a little bit of a hint of this, but do you get frustrated with the fairy community often a little bit well i'm frustrated with my community just yeah. because you know there was a uh, cohort of us that wanted to live there right then you know so i've been waiting around since 1998 to live there daisy says one reason this hasn't happened is that they've given the greater destiny community too much power over the plans for residency remember everything works under total consensus okay. you know let the greater community make decisions about what happens at gatherings not about like 
you know, what my house should look like. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know. Do you think you'll ever stop building? Oh, God, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to stop building. You will, yeah. <laughs> Despite these years of struggle, Daisy remains dedicated to establishing his full-time residency at Destiny. And even outside the Radical Fairies, Daisy seems to spend much of his time doing the work that makes it possible for fun to happen. He's a nurse practitioner, and he worked through the AIDS crisis. And he's also an anal health advocate and activist. He's an artist, and he makes clothes he sells down the street. He has his own stuff to work on, but the entire time I talked to him that day, he sat there building visible calluses on his fingertips, sewing orange buttons onto gray canvas envelopes. No one except for Gabriel and a few performers were going to see these, but they were going to be vital protection for the butterfly puppets on the long trip from Vermont to New Orleans. I looked up a video of the butterflies in action. It's nighttime, and these neon light-up butterflies look like they're flying without assistance down the street, just glowing giant butterflies in a parade. Back at the puppet studio, I could almost see this as Daisy got up to grab another sheet of gray canvas fabric. This work makes it possible for that magic to happen later. Leaving the puppet studio, there's one thing I've learned about the radical fairies. Daisy says fun is what they're all about, but that doesn't mean that fairies like Daisy don't take the group seriously or that there isn't a lot of work that goes into fairy gatherings and the fairy lifestyle. So there's work and fun, and somehow all of it adds up to this magical, hard-to-define fairy experience. This definitely was not satisfying to me at the time. But the talk was a step in the right direction. After talking to Daisy and Gabriel, I started to become more comfortable thinking outside of pure definitions. Fairies can be one thing, and they can also not be that thing. Fun and work, spiritual and not spiritual. And I started to become more okay with that. This is the house. Next time on Fairy Visions, I take this new understanding with me as I look into the history of the radical fairy movement. You can stay up to date with this series at fairyvisions.wordpress.com. That's F-A-E-R-I-E visions at wordpress.com. I'll be trying to come out with episodes every other week. Thank you to Daisy and Gabriel for talking to me. And thank you, Daisy, for letting me use the sound from your YouTube videos. The fairy song you heard at the end and the beginning is called House on the Hill by The Destinettes. I have a link to the video on the episode page. Other music in this episode comes from the Free Music Archive. The songs you heard are Harry Fairy Hataruna by Monroeville Music Center, Eastminster by Kevin McLeod, and The Life and Death of a Certain K. Zabriskie Patriarch by Chris Zabriskie. This podcast was produced by me, Max Gibson, and I'll talk to you next time. Until then, love and light.